Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. We're glad that you joined us to be a part of our broadcast today. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora. Taking your calls and your questions, number to dial is 303-690-3000, We have open lines. Uh, It always starts out open, so grab a phone line while you can. You know as the show goes on, the lines do fill up. If you'd like to text, text me directly. It's a dedicated line, 720-336-0897, and that's 720-336-0897. You can text me if we aren't able, you know, we don't have phone lines. The lines are filling up now, but if we, in between calls, we can take text messages. If we're not able to get back to all your text messages, please be patient with us. Uh, They do fill up. The box fills up pretty rapidly, as you guys know, and we're grateful to be a small part of what God is doing in your life. In studio with us this afternoon is Pastor Joshua Taylor. He's going to be helping with some of the questions uh, going through and uh, taking care of things. Welcome, Josh. Hello, hello. Glad to be on. Grateful to have you in here. So you've got two pastors here today uh, taking your calls. 303-690-3000 is the number, and I need to pull up my call screen, otherwise I'll never see you guys that are calling in. And while we're waiting, while I'm putting up my uh, Calvary Live, I want to remind you tonight, 7 o'clock, we are uh, going to have a very special Bible study. Um, Normally we're going through the Bible in 2 Kings. We're almost done. We went 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and, and now... Uh, we're just about at the end, but as we get to the end here, there's this beautiful insight in Jeremiah chapter 52 that looks back on 2 Kings 24 uh, in the re, uh, release of Jehoiachin from prison after 37 years, and it is an amazing picture and type of forgiveness And so our topic tonight is forgiveness. I found lately that this is a big issue in many people's lives. Uh, Maybe it's in your life. And I just want to say at the outset, uh, for those of you that can't be here, you can watch live if you're anywhere in the country. You can go to our website or download our free app. Uh, We are uh, really ramping up the use of our free app. And you just go to your app store, uh, any app store, and just search Calvary Aurora or Calvary and Ed Taylor, put those three words in, and our both of our apps, our Grace FM app will show up, as well as our church app, and we want you to not only download the church app, but turn on the notifications. Uh, we're using them to communicate, and you can all of our archives are there, our live stream is there, our radio stream is there, and literally thousands upon thousands of people every week 
are using that app to communicate, to be built up in the Lord, and and so be here because that's there's something special about being here for sure. But also, um, you're going to want to share this message, and I'm sure you're going to listen to it a few times. I I was so encouraged putting it together. And I'm really uh, looking forward to delivering it. 303-690-3000. So uh, the church is on Hampton, if you're here in Aurora, or in the metro Denver metro area. We're on Hampton, um, just south, one block, excuse me, one block east of Tower Road. And we're right next to the Safeway. There's a first bank there. And we're across the street from the movie tavern that strip mall there and and so just a big building on the corner and you're invited doors open around 6 30 service starts at 7 uh, our cafe is still open although we're going to be doing some remodeling on it uh, but it's still open so you can get some coffee um, we're usually providing a meal just one type of meal uh, if you're coming straight from work so come on out more information calvaryaurora.org uh, calvaryaurora.org we're going to go right to the phone lines Kip in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Kip, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Hey, I had a, uh, a question come up this weekend in the, the men's Bible study, and I wasn't quite sure how to answer it, so I thought I'd give you a call and get your take on it. Okay. So I know scripturally that we can pray in power when, um, when we're praying in regards to um, God's will in our lives. Um, we can pray confidently when we're praying for um, for God to work out His relationship with others, His relationship in our own life, um, okay. because those are all things that we can find in Scripture that God desires for us. Okay. But so much of my prayer life is in regards to my personal consumption or my personal needs or concerns or things that I can't scripturally say, um, you know, that I don't believe that we manipulate God into the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, but when I pray and I want something to go um, financially better in my my work, um, that doors would open up for um, progression in certain fields, um, those are my personal consumption requests, you know, where I'm asking God to help me out. Um, how do I pray in confidence that God wants those things in my life um, without... See, I find that I, I often fall back into a um, almost a cop-out, and I don't mean it that way when I say, but your will be done, because I do want His will to be done. But instead of saying, Lord, this door's open, this opportunity's open, this thing has happened in my life that I want your blessing on... And then I turn right around and sheepishly say, well, you know, if, if that's what you want. How do I pray confidently about personal things? Well, let's, let's, let's do a couple things. Before I answer your question, I want uh, to let everyone know that we're live streaming on which Instagram page? Mine? Yeah. On my personal Instagram. So if you connect with me on Instagram, edforthelord, uh, that ED, the number four of the Lord. The problem right now that with streaming on Instagram is you can't hear the callers. So you might have to listen to the radio or somehow uh, hear the callers. 
uh, because you can only hear me and see me. So <laughs> hi guys, but you can't hear the callers. We haven't figured that out yet. We're just testing it. So now um, with you, Kip, uh, in your question, the best thing for us to do is to go to the Word of God and develop our prayer life as it's been modeled to us and as it's been taught to us. And and as you are, I like how you put the um, put some of the requests in the category of consumption, because you're right. There, a lot of them are desires, uh, a lot of them are wants, uh, and they're not necessarily the will of God. And we don't know that they're will of God until we wait for the answer. Um, and I'm thinking about the time that Jesus uh, was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember, he was right ahead, the cross was just up ahead, and and he begins, he, he takes the disciples into this garden, and we're going to be taking a whole busload to Israel in a couple of weeks, and one of our final stops is in this area uh, known as Gethsemane. We actually go into a private garden there where there's a bunch of olive trees, and here's what the Bible says. Jesus came with them, this is Matthew 26, 36. It says, Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then he came and found the disciples asleep. And that, if if Jesus himself, the Son of God in human flesh, yielded his desires to the will of the Father, then that's the model that you and I follow. We're, we, we can bring our requests, and we can come raw and just who we are, but the final word in prayer is, not not as I will, but as you will. And, and, and I believe as we continue to pray for that, God begins to answer us, not just with the request, but he begins to answer us from the inside out and begins to speak to us about, about our hearts and about where we're at. And, and whether I'm, you know, for example, with, with the need for a car, you know, there's, you could have a car or you could have a Lamborghini. Um, and a lot of times people are praying for that bigger car. You know, I want the Porsche, I want the BMW. And God gives me a, a, you know, what, I don't know. I don't even, what, what would he give us? A Chevette or something, you know, (laughs) some little car with, uh, back in the day when I was growing up, it was the Yugo. Do you remember the Yugos? I don't. (laughs) Those were really, really bad cars. And, and so, you know, the reality is, is that we need transportation, but the issue in our heart is, is like something we want more than we, we generally want more than we need. And I just find this passage of all the places, because we can pray for anything. You know, we can even come praying selfishly. God will hear us. He won't answer us in, in our selfishness, but he'll hear us. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. The Bible says, in all things, um, in all, be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, make our requests be made known to God. And, and so we're to come with our requests, but the posture of our heart has to be, God, I want what you want, so hear my prayers and answer according to your will. And, and I guess, you know, that's my confusion, because um, I feel that that is my heart. I feel that God knows that's my heart. But then am I only to come to him 
with my needs and not my wants or my desires. Because when I come with my wants or my desires, it's not that I feel guilty, but I, I guess I, I guess in a sense I do feel guilty. I want um, the best I can get for myself, my family, uh, for those around me, and I, I guess in a spiritual nature, I have no problem coming to him with bold requests, you know, if, uh, if I'm working with a, uh, the youth or, or an organization and, and we need uh, this amount of money in order to take this amount of kids on a missions trip, sure. man, I have no problem saying, okay, Lord, somehow, some way, you're going to provide this, because I can put that in my head in a spiritual um, realm instead of, you know, my personal needs and wants sure. and desires. But that's my question then. Am I not to come to God with my, um, maybe my great desires, uh, and, and, and only speak to him of my needs? Well, and that's what God's sorting out in your life. So my, my general answer to that is come to him with everything. Um, come to him with everything. You can let your relationship as you abide in Christ, you let him sort it out. And, and understand this, over time, I believe, you know, let's just say these are, you know, the, the illustration that you used earlier was a little bit different than the illustration you used about blessing kids, you know, and, and so I would say a couple things. Number one, bring them all to the Lord. Let him sort them out. Number two, what you have right now is God's best for you. You are living in the perfect will of God right now, and like the Bible says, we need to learn to be content with what we have. And so from a heart of contentment, your prayers change. And so when you, when you say what's best for my family, I mean, if, if it's that you can't pay the bills or you want a little something extra or you want to maybe take a vacation, God will sort that out for you. But the last thing I'm thinking of is this verse in Psalm 37. I love it. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And a lot of times people take the front end of that and say, well, you know, if I'm delighting myself in the Lord, then he's just going to give me what, what I want. And I don't believe that's necessarily what the psalmist is saying, because it doesn't really fit to the, in the context. I believe that the longer, the more you come to him, abiding in him, enjoying him, he's going to actually change the desires of your heart, and therefore your prayers are going to change. It's a fine line. You know, it's really a fine line that I can't speak for in your life, but I know I'm learning it in my life. It's a fine line of the, the difference between praying for a need and, a, and maybe a, a grand desire and being covetous or greedy or just wanting more for myself, uh, wanting to have more. Like, that's a fine line that I can't really pinpoint in your life. I have a hard enough time pinpointing in my life, but I do know this. As I surrender to the Lord, he takes good care of me. And there have been things I've asked from God that he hasn't given me. And you know what the Bible says? This is so good. Um, you got to hold on to this one. Uh, let, me, let me find it here. I don't want to quote it off the top of my head. It's Psalm 84, verse 11. This is so powerful. So to, and it speaks to where I say God's best for you and me is where we are right now. Listen to what it says. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield, the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And that just tells me as my life is walking uprightly, 
God has withheld nothing from me as of this moment. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I still think I'm a little confused on going to him with, um, with big desires or, or trying to stay with just sharing my needs with him. He has always taken care of my needs. I guess I don't pray about my needs because, um, I don't worry about them because I, I, I know that God will always provide for me, but when, when I have my dreams or my desires or my things, I want to, I want to ask him about them, but I, I don't know because they're mine and they're not rooted in, um, you know, in, uh, because they're my consumption things. I, I just didn't know, you know, like, uh, if I did want uh, uh, my business to grow, um, there's everything is attached to that. Not only does my business grow, but then my giving grows. My availability to do um, to do more things grows. Um, but I I I don't I don't know. I guess uh, um, I don't want to be. Uh, unsatisfied or, or, or covet, you know, sure, I, don't want I hear to, that. Uh, but, but we, you know, I think that, that you, you just gave a strong testimony to the faithfulness of God when you say that you have never had to worry about it and all your needs are met. And when you think about the world around us, many people can't live that way, nor do they live that way. And the greatest testimony in your life right now is God's provision. And, and I believe as you begin to meditate on the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God, sure, you'll be praying for those things that will maybe increase your business or, or bless you, but your heart's going to shift, and it's going to begin to break for the hurting and the, the struggling. And, and so let me just deal—you're going to keep calling back every once in a while and tell us how God's doing, but I'll take away the confusion <laughs> right away. Let me, let, me, let me remove the confusion because it's not from the Lord. Pray about everything. Just go ahead and bring it all to Him. Just lay it all before him and then listen carefully. You know, pray with an open Bible and listen carefully and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to see how God begins to direct your prayers. So just bring it all. Just pray without ceasing and bring it all and see how God sorts it out. I'm going to be curious how God sorts it out. So stay in touch with us. Okay. Thanks, Kip. Hey, appreciate it, Pastor. All right. Bye bye. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Josh, did you have anything that you were thinking of? Yeah, I mean, I think Kip's on the right path. Praying is where to start, and having a good prayer life is awesome. But uh, really, with what you said, bring everything in prayer and let God sort it out, because I really like that verse where it says God won't withhold any good thing, and he's the one that's going to decide what's good in your prayers and yeah. what you're going to receive. So that's good. Uh, I think Kip just having that relationship with uh, the Lord in, in such a communicable way is going to be a huge blessing. So, Cool. Well, hello, everyone on Instagram Live. Kevin Culpa is going to figure out how to get sound <laughs> to the Instagram Live through this little phone here. But for the sake of, at least you get to hear, uh, Josh is right here. Um, Josh is in, there he is. And, What's up, guys? And then behind you, you're looking at me, but maybe in the uh, on the reflection, you can see the studio uh, behind the scenes, we have Roy in there training, Kevin, who's the station ops manager, 
and Frank, who's a faithful man of God. Uh, so welcome everyone on Instagram Live. It looks like we have a whopping 10 watchers right oh, now. Yeah. But that's 10 more than we've ever had before. <laughs> and I know on people when, when people go live on Instagram, uh, I can't really watch it that long. So I'm just glad you guys are here. Uh, you get to be a little bit of what it's like live in studio. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to go back to our phone lines. Welcome to everyone on Hope FM, everyone on Truth FM, of course, everyone listening on Grace FM. Uh, welcome. We're going to move to Jim in Loveland, Colorado. Jim, welcome to the program. How's it going? It's going great. Good. Uh, so yeah, I was just calling with a prayer request. Um, me and my fiance are getting married this coming August, um, and we're just being met with a lot of uh, what would you call it? Opposition from her family. Okay. And I, I feel like just spiritual opposition as well, um, just with all the other, you know, just with the stress of everything, and yes. then also with her living with her family and then constantly um, basically saying that they don't want her to be with me. <laughs> so, and all that kind of stuff. So um, I just want to pray for us that we continue to follow the Lord and, um, you know, not let those things bring us down or tear us apart. Yeah, have you, have, are you guys doing premarital at all? Yeah, through our uh, our church here in Loveland, we've been uh, seeing a pastor do some premarital classes. Good. Do they? Do they? Is there a section in there on in laws at all? Do you guys know yet? Um, I think it's been briefly mentioned. We we like just started like a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, I'll, I know we're going to go back and talk to the pastor that we've been seeing. Um, because of this, it's Good. just I guess. You know, it's really wearing her down. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's basically the main issue that we're dealing with. Um, but I just feel like it's, it's, like, spiritual also, like, you know, along with the stuff from her family. So It's very hard. I mean, and, and I don't want you guys to minimize. I know it, there's an eagerness to get married, and, and there is a, a joy and desire to get married. Please don't... Um, minimize or just dismiss, and I don't think you are, but I'm going to throw it out there for anyone listening to that, that this, this is a significant issue. And, and in a very real way, if I was doing premarital with you, I would tell you this way, you marry your in-laws. Yeah. Um, because the, the best scenario is for in-laws you know, for example, you know how the Bible says that a mother, that 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 you're you are to leave your mother and father and cling to your wife. Uh-huh. Um, you're to become one flesh, and you have that responsibility to, and so does she, to leave her mother and father and cling to you as her husband, you to her, you to her as her husband, she to you as a wife. But I also believe, and this is what we did with our oldest son, that we, my, my wife and I, and parents, they have a responsibility to make it easy for the kids to do that and to support that and to encourage that. And, and if they're not able to do that, to, to, in a godly biblical way, work through those issues so that can, we can launch our kids off uh, into the new season of life. And that, that relationship is very, very important. It's, it's, also, it's also very important to... Um, it's also very important to get along with the in-laws from your from your spouse, 
because in-laws from a, a spouse can cause great havoc. Unfortunately, they just get caught up in whatever they're caught up in and they just only think of themselves selfishly and can cause a lot of harm. And um, we've definitely seen that. Um, So I'm glad you're calling. I think you're on the right track and you're starting your premarital and you're talking to somebody, uh, a pastor, you're asking for prayer and God's going to answer that. And it, you know, it's marriage is hard enough. Um, you guys are going to want to work through those things. Um, you're going to want to work through these things, and you're already on the, the right path, so I commend you on that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I know it's just the beginning of the rest of my life, so <laughs> might as well try to do, you know, I want to do it right and try to be at peace with everyone, but I don't, you know, I can only do so much. <laughs> yes. So. All right, well, let's pray. Thank you. Father, we're just asking for you to help my brother, and I know that even listening, people listening on the radio, uh, when it comes to in-laws, um, there are many stories like that. Of course, many people have great in-laws, um, and we praise God for that. We praise you for that, Lord, but some have uh, are wrestling. And even here before the marriage, uh, even as Jim is and, and his fiancée are wrestling with some real opposition and some real difficulty, um, I pray that you would give them wisdom and understanding and that, that you would help, Lord, the, the, the help them. I mean, I, I'm not entirely sure what the answer is or how um, you're going to resolve this, but, but I know that as we, like you said, I, we delight ourselves in you. You're going to give us the desires of our heart. As we yield to you, you're going to meet us there, and um, you, you can bring resolution to this situation. And I just pray there be honest open, humble communication with everyone involved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Ed. Okay, bro, keep us up to date. All right, thanks. Have a good day. All right, 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to take Stephen in Marlton, New Jersey. Ah. Stephen, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, sir? Good, what's up? Uh, I was going to, I wanted to ask you if I can... uh, Cancel my question for another sure. date. Sure. And I got somebody on the phone. Canceled. I called up. Well, no, I still want to talk to you. Oh, okay, great. Did I talk to you last week about uh, once saved, always saved? You might have. Is that me? All right, well, I got the girl on the phone, one of my friends, Lisa. Okay, hey, Lisa. <clears throat> and I was... Hi, Pastor, how are you? Great. Oh, this is great. We've. I think this is a first for yeah, us. Yeah, this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. we, so check this out. I've been trying to get on. So we've got Instagram Live people. We've got people on the radio. We've people online, and now <laughs> you on a two-way call. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So what do you want to do, Stephen? Tell me. Uh, she needs more information with the once saved, always saved, and if you weren't saved in the beginning with the Holy Spirit, uh, washed with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what. I'm looking at the clock. You may not see it, and we only have a couple minutes, so I'm, I'm going to need at least four or five minutes. So so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you both on hold. We're going to go to a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and I'll give you a, a real thorough answer and then give you a chance to have any follow-up. Is that okay? How long about? Because I'm at work. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I think our breaks are two minutes. Okay, that's good. Okay, yeah. so Sounds good. hold on. Um, all right, I hit the right button. Um, uh, just want to 
a shout out. Kathy called from Wheat Ridge. Uh, she doesn't want to be on the air. She just wanted to let Kip know that uh, remind him of Solomon's prayer. When he asked for wisdom, he got so much more. And so just you ask for what's on your mind and yield to the Lord in his answers. 303-690-3000. So we've got a question at the top of the hour on uh, salvation, eternal salvation. And then we also have uh, Kathy calling from Maryland. She wants, and Kathy, hang on because we're coming up on a break. She wants us to explain predestination. Sounds like they're going to come and coincide together. So you went to Bible college. I think you you can answer that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> hey, Cannot wait. We'll be right back. This is Ed Taylor, Joshua Taylor here on Calvary Live. Hang on there. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live. And for you guys uh, connecting on Instagram uh, Live, welcome. Uh, We are broadcasting, just testing little technology, trying to figure out how to use uh, technology to bring you into the studio, give you a taste of what it's like in here. Welcome to the one person. It actually is Marie. So hello, Marie. Uh, Welcome to Instagram Live. (laughs) And we're taking your calls. We're we're not, no introductory remarks. We got somebody on hold in New Jersey. So we're going to go right over to Stephen back in Marlton, New Jersey. Stephen, welcome to the program. How you doing? And good. And you have online with you, what's her name? My Lisa. name's Lisa. Hi, Lisa. So what is your question? What? How would you like me to start my answer? Uh, with once saved, always saved. You tell her. Yeah, Lisa, tell her. Lisa. Lisa, what would you like me to help you with? Well, my question, Pastor, would be um, if you are a believer and you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, would that also mean that you have the Holy Spirit within you? The answer is yes. Every true believer immediately receives the Holy Spirit inside of us to permanently dwell in our lives and to seal us as the down payment. The Holy Spirit, actually, the Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit as the down payment of our future salvation, or really glorification. So yes. Okay. Now I have a question. Last last time I talked to you, is that okay? Yeah, well, let's okay. just let Lisa follow up. Let's just make sure okay. we got her all covered first. Okay. Um, no, that absolutely answers my question. It's it's a distinguish between believers versus non-believers. That's correct. The Holy Spirit indwelling. Correct. The Holy Spirit does not indwell unbelievers. Okay. Great. Right. Thank you. Thank, thank you for clarifying that. You're welcome. Okay, okay Stephen, go for it. Okay. Now... Once saved, always saved. You told me last week, uh, I think it was last week, um, some people aren't saved all the time. They think they're saved, but they're not. Okay. I, I think you were talking to Pastor Nick Cady as they were. Uh, okay. as the, But that's okay. okay. I can I can come alongside and help you. Uh, I'm sure his answer was spot on. Okay. Uh, his answer was, if, if uh, 
Man, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. you got to be kidding me. Well, I, I mean, uh, what you said earlier, that some people think they're saved and they're really not saved, is true. Okay. That's true. true. So how do you know that you're saved or not? Well, there, there are evidence of a person that's saved. You know, I think, first of all, the people that think they're saved or pretend that they're saved actually know more about themselves than they're letting on to anyone else. You know, for okay. example, have you ever met somebody that manipulated you? Of course. Do you think they knew they were manipulating you? Yes. Yeah, and it's because manipulators, that's what they do, manipulate. And so in the Church of Jesus Christ, you know, there are people that uh, sometimes they think they're saved because they were taught in religion that if they just came to church, they'd be saved. And so they need to be taught that they must be born again. You know, other people think they're saved because uh, they do good deeds, but they've never repented of their sins. And, uh, you know, the, there's a whole list of re- of reasons why people could, but the people that have repented of their sins, asked Jesus Christ to forgive them, they become, they be, they begin to live their life by faith, and they begin to produce fruit in their lives, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, right. self-control. And, and so... I believe, and, and, and again, uh, I, I don't know anyone's heart, so I, I can't say definitively, but generally the people that are pretending know they're pretending. We, the only thing, they're, they're wolves in sheep clothing. We just haven't found out yet. Right. But, so, um, so if, you're not, if you're repenting and still doing the same sin, then that's, and you say that if you believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sin— and rose from the grave in three days, you're saved. But if you're repenting and not turning away from your sin, you're still saved? Well, let's let's talk about that for a second, because the Bible speaks of practicing such things. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, Galatians okay. chapter 5. So there's a difference between practicing something, actually living in sin, and episodic episode, you know, episodes of sin, because we all sin, uh, we didn't right. we didn't cease to sin when we were born again, and and so th- I'm I'm always looking to a person that you know they're living in sin, and person that's living in sin causes me great concern, and so I'm right. going to warn them. Um, right. a, a person that is you know th- let's let let's um let's add to that a person that's struggling. Struggle is a good sign, right? Because struggling is a sign of life. And so when somebody right. talks to me about struggling, then I'm going to be a little more gentle with them, encouraging them away from sin. Um, but certainly you will see believers commit sin, and certainly you see believers commit really horrible sins. And right. you know, when, when I mean, a person is demonstrating their life as living like an unbeliever, I'm going to treat them like that. Right, absolutely. I mean, we're all sinners, like you said. I mean, I try not to sin as much as possible. I'm walking with at least... 95% of my full armor on. Good. I do still smoke cigarettes, and am I still on the radio? You are, yep. Okay. You are still on the radio. And the flesh of the eye bothers me once in a while, sure. but not that much. So, so let, me, let me encourage you in an area. While I don't believe smoking cigarettes is going to send you to hell, uh, no. I, I do believe but it's a bondage. And it's per- bad for the temple. And God, if you will, if you will set your heart toward God in in asking Him to deliver you from this bondage and to lay your, I, I believe there's a a tremendous breakthrough that would come into your life when you would oh, be s- given so yeah. much, so obvious. And I know it seems impossible, but that's what God does. No, he works in the impossible. 
I, I agree with you. And if I told you my testimony, it would blow you away, believe me. I bet it would. God's testimonies yeah. are powerful, man. Awesome. I love. I would yeah. love to be blown away one day, but probably not today. No, it'll take too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Stephen. Josh, you have anything to add? No, I mean, I think you've answered it perfectly. It's a All great right. answer. Thanks for calling. Nice to meet you, Lisa. Right. Thank you. Take care, Pastor. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. We are moving right on. Kathy's been very patient. Kathy from Maryland, welcome to the program. Hi, pastors. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing good. Good. I have a question about predestination. I, I was wondering if you—well, not a question. I was wondering if you could clear up predestination for me. Sure. What What do you think it means? Um. I'm not really sure, chosen by God since the foundation of the world, but I don't understand why did God choose some? Why not all? That's a great question. So let's let's talk a little bit about that, but before I jump in, Josh, do you want to give the introductory, or do you want me to take it? Uh, yeah, I can give a little bit to it, and I'm sure you can add on to it, because I do not know everything. Um, but I'd love to share what I do know, Kathy. And uh, okay. according to Romans 8, 29 and 30, uh, we have that verse that says, um, let me get there real quick. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers, and those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified... Let me finish that. Uh, those whom he justified, he also glorified. And uh, so right there you have kind of the biblical start for predestination, this idea that God is choosing those who uh, are going to get saved. But I also like to bring up uh, Romans 1.16, because it also says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, uh, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So there's these two ideas where God, one, is choosing people uh, who are uh, going to be saved, but then there's also this idea in Romans that we have a choice, um, and if you believe, then you're also saved. So they seem like they're contradictory. However, I would say it's not either or, it's actually both. And sometimes that is really difficult to wrap our minds around, um, but also in Romans in 1133, uh, it just kind of explains like the depths of riches and wisdom and the knowledge of God and how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways. And that just kind of puts me always in a position where it, it doesn't always have to be either or, because God has obviously given us a choice to believe. And then he's also, he knows who's going to go to heaven, and he also knows who's not going to choose. And that's just a part of the awesomeness of God, where he has this infinite knowledge. So I always like to step back, and instead of choosing either or, just really look at what the Bible says uh, altogether. So, um, and also match that with the character of God, which I'm sure... Um, Pastor Ed, my dad, <laughs> can add more to. So let's start with your question, why? Why does God choose? Let's just keep it in that realm. God okay. chooses because it's his prerogative to choose. He's the creator, and therefore he is, and we, we add another glorious word to learn, and that's sovereign. He's sovereign, and why does he <laughs> choose? Because it's his prerogative. You know what people get confused in is how does he choose? That's really yeah. the issue, because it's, it's, there's no question whatsoever that the Bible preaches or teaches us of God's sovereign predestination, and there's no question whatsoever that the Bible teaches us of our responsibility to make a free will choice. 
Uh, those two are indisputable. They're within the scriptures. And the word predestination literally means to determine beforehand or to mark out. And the biblical doctrine of predestination means that God in advance, independent of you, but knowing you, chose you. And that he's mm. predetermined the destiny of every person who will believe in him. God chose you, God chose me, as we see in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 29, to be conformed into the image of Christ. But he chose us in cooperation with our choice, and those two come together where we lead to, where that leads to the understanding of who God is. But before we get to that, let's just speak to the why. Um, uh, Are you a mom, Kathy? Yes. Have you ever made a decision for your kids? Yes, of course. Have they ever asked you why? Yes. And did you ever answer because I said so? Uh, quite often. <laughs> and so you have a little taste. It's an imperfect taste, but it's a little taste of what I'm what I'm explaining that it is your prerogative as mom to make the decisions that you believe are best for your kids. Mm-hmm. And you make those decisions out of love and care. And of course, you know, we all make mistakes, but it's an imperfect illustration, but you know, there have been times where I've had to make decisions for my kids that I'm not going to explain to them why I'm doing it. They just need to, what do you tell your kids? Just, what do you tell them, Kathy? If they give you, copy you an attitude and you tell them to do something and you're not going to explain it to them, you tell them something like, what would you just say to trust, you? Just, just trust what I say. That's just. right. Just trust me. And that's a relationship you're building. They don't like it. They have to process it. But you have information they don't have. Mm-hmm. And obviously, God has information we don't have. Um, the biblical word for that is omniscience. Mm-hmm. And God knows all things from beginning to end. And according to Peter, and on more than one occasion, but specifically Peter, it says that we have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. And so he is choosing according to his foreknowledge, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, um, God knows our heart, knows what we will do, and somehow he has tied that choice according to his foreknowledge. Mm. And wow, okay. If you read the Bible, no one, and I repeat, no one who has ever asked to be saved has been refused because they were not predestined, because this is the rub. If you follow the logic of a of a typical Reformed theology, now there are different forms of Reformed theology, and there's all kinds of a hodgepodge of collection, just like Christianity, different la- layers. But for the hyper-Calvinist, for the hyper-Reformed group, they believe in something known as double predestination. And double predestination is an extremely troubling, and I heard a hint of that thought in your question, because if God chooses some to be only some to be saved, then he must choose everyone else and predestine them to hell against their will. Mm-hmm. And the Bible doesn't that, teach that at all. So he chose some before the foundation of the world, and others came to him because they were saved. They turned to him. All of his on. choices were before the foundation of the world. God doesn't live in time like you and I live it out. Like we mm-hmm. live on a linear... We live day by day, moment by moment, but God is outside of time. So the predestined free will, or excuse me, the predestined sovereign choice of God, all of it happened before the foundation of the world. 
Okay. And even those so listening, whole- I would even put this, even those listening right now, God knows whether or not those listening right now will accept Jesus for the forgiveness of the sin, of his sins. And and so while we're kind of caught up in the, like Josh said, we're kind of caught up in the conundrum of being in the middle. How do they reconcile? The answer is, one of the, the sim- simplistic answers to this is, if you believe Jesus said, you will be saved. If you don't believe, you won't be. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and nowhere in the Bible does it say that God prevents someone from believing. Okay. And so I like what Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come. Um, John 3.36, he who, Jesus said, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Okay. Well, so, thank you for clearing that up. Yeah, I mean, it's helpful. I mean, it's still, it's one of those doctrines that, that remind us that God's ways are not our ways. Right. And that his thoughts aren't our thoughts. And that God is immensely bigger than us. Even though we have a little bit of hints and pictures of what it might look like, because God has given to us a, a level of sovereignty. But the reality is, if we pull back just a little bit, the, the real miraculous is that God saves anyone at all. Because nobody mm-hmm. deserves to be saved. Mm-hmm. And that God condescends. And so some would say, well, if man's free will would somehow undermine the sovereignty of God. But to that I would say that God very clearly demonstrates that he is willing, without losing any of his nature, any of his sovereignty, of God's... We don't speak often of this, but what about God's free will and his ability to independently make a decision? And time and time and time again, the the movement of God is always down toward us. I mean, he condescends himself to the level of man, so much so that... Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, took on a human body and lived on this earth like you and I did. And so mm-hmm. the, doc, the, the idea of God condescending to the free will choice of, of man in no way diminishes his sovereignty, in no way diminishes his deity, in no way diminishes God at all. This is how God has revealed himself in scriptures, and no one goes to hell against their will neither does anyone go to heaven. Mm. And one one other thought that we really have to come to terms with, and that is this. In the Garden of Eden, did Adam truly have a free will decision or not? Yes, he did. I believe he did as well. Mm -hmm. And, And I believe that he is held responsible for his disobedient decision. Now, some would say, yeah, but he wasn't touched or tainted by sin, which actually makes my point even greater because it makes his decision worse, mm-hmm. not better. Because we were all born in sin, so we're, we lean towards sin. Adam was perfect man and committed the first sin. Really, Eve did, but Adam is held responsible as the head of all humanity. Mm. And. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fascinating stuff. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Download our free app. Um, okay. If you go to your app store, just look for Calvary Aurora, or you could put Calvary and then Ed Taylor. And okay. um, in the search function, once you download it, in the search function, just put the word predestination in. And okay. in this section of Romans, 
I did a series on these big words, um, glorification, justification, predestination, and I went in depth to try to walk through the scriptures of oh, um, a biblically, you know, we attempt to be, we, we, we hold to neither Arminian nor a Calvinistic viewpoint. We, we attempt to the best of our ability to stay biblical. Okay, great. And, and not everyone agrees, and that's okay. We'll, it, it'll be all sorted out in heaven, but uh, I certainly do not agree with any type of double predestination. I don't believe it's anywhere in Scripture. Um, there's one Scripture, I forget where it is, might be in Peter, that, that some people cling to as a possibility, but the, the, the entirety of Jesus didn't come to die so that people wouldn't have a chance to get saved. That makes no sense at all from mm-hmm. his own lips. Right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Well, it's a great question. Thanks for holding on, because we didn't want to give like a 60-second answer. Good. I I really appreciate it. (laughs) All righty. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, shout out to everyone listening on Hope FM. We're so glad that you joined us, uh, whether you're in Maryland. Uh, By the way, my friend, uh, Josh Taransky, uh, he pastors in uh, Maryland, and I didn't answer it yet, but I want to share with you, uh, I got a text from Josh. It's so awesome, um, and I need to answer him, so now that I, now that I remember, but I got, a jo- I got a text from Josh, and he sent me a text of a, of a picture of a man. Uh, he says, this is Gervais, and it's a picture of Gervais, so if you're listening, Gervais, hello, and then he said, you mentioned my church on the radio, and he came and visited. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> and so Josh is a good man. Uh, he is a trustworthy man and a good church to um, visit in, the, I believe it's the Fells Point area of Baltimore. Uh, but there's a lot of great churches in that area. Uh, of course, if you're listening to Hope FM, go to their website. I'm going to look it up real quick here. I think it's hopefm.net, but I'm just going to check real quick. Yes, it is. Go to hopefm.net. They can plug you into a church in their listening area. Uh, You can go to calvarychapel.com, calvarychapel.com and find churches, or you can go to calvaryccA.org. Either one of them have lists of local churches, and uh, the the Calvary CCA, of course, is the Calvary Chapel Association website. And the calvarychapel.com is the website out of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, which is the Calvary Global Network. And it's uh, families of churches uh, that um, are part of the Calvary Chapel family. Uh, and uh, Pastor Chuck is the guy that God used uh, to, in a, in, a, in a, he was like the lightning rod of the Jesus movement in Southern California. And, and so, Contact Hope FM. Go to hopefm.net if you're out there. Maryland, New Jersey, and uh, Pennsylvania. And so check out the website to look for churches in your area. Of course, here at Grace FM, we actually have a list on our own website, gracefm.com, of churches that... It's not an exclusive church because I'm meeting uh, new friends all the time, uh, and it's not an exclusive list, but it is a list of um, primarily Calvary chapels, um, but... I'm, I'm very grateful with the friendships. I know, Josh, you've been watching this, but I've been developing a lot of great friendships with our Baptist brothers and sisters, uh, with Nathan Lorick and the Colorado Baptist Association. And so um, the first brother I met, uh, really the first Baptist that I became friends with was John Moreland. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's a great brother. Uh, and, uh, you know, we don't really emphasize all of those dividing lines, really. We don't really emphasize. I mean, we have our families, and so we're always going to be a part of our family. But actually, our smaller families, or what guys are calling tribes now, <laughs> are actually not as important as the family of God. Yeah. And I, I believe we're in fellowship uh, with every true church of Jesus Christ, and I would add, in, in, at least in my uh, estimation, I would only add this, that I trust the pastor. Hmm. I, wouldn't, I, I won't recommend a church where I don't trust the pastor. Yeah, I, I just I so can't key. I can't do it because um, it's a painful process uh, that I don't want to answer to the Lord to send someone to a church where I don't know the pastor or where where, where that pastor has um, has hurt um, the body of Christ. I won't I, I won't recommend that church. Um, even pastors that refuse to reconcile or humble themselves, mm. um, and it's a weird deal. Um, we don't ever want to be in that, but it's a weird thing. Um, so go to our website gracefm.com there's a list of recommended churches for the Colorado um, and uh, Cheyenne Wyoming and you can use those other websites too calvarycca.org calvarychapel.com all right we're going to move on to line two is Laura in Fort Collins Colorado Laura welcome to the program well hello thank you for taking my call and I really enjoyed um, listening the last couple of minutes I learned a lot oh good how's uh, Fort Collins what's the weather like up there it's chilly, a little cloudy, but it's always beautiful. Oh, good. Yeah, you know, we yeah. had that big storm down here, and then my buddy Dave Pierce sent me a picture of his front yard. It was sunny and green. You guys didn't get any snow. <laughs> I didn't want to rub it in. Yeah, That's I didn't okay. think that was nice. <laughs> What's going on? So um, I just, uh, I'm trying to make sure I collect my thoughts and hope my words are God kind of guides my words and my question. Um, it is a question, and we have an adult son, and he just got back from Tulsa, and he finished his law degree. He's back living in the area, Denver area, and he's living with a girlfriend that he had from three years ago. Okay. And the young lady has a pretty significant alcohol addiction, we have seen her many times under the influence, and it's, there is alcoholism on my husband's side of the family and my side of the family, and we have, in earlier stages of their relationship, spoken pretty directly with my son and um, named it very, uh-huh. you know, transparently, the concerns, the red flags. And we're at a point now where we're looking, I'm hoping for some guidance around reconciling the, just my role as a mother between um, grace, offering grace, and um, versus, or not versus, but grace and truth. And we, um, we see kind of the, where this might be going She's not. She's a non-believer. Um, uh, our son grew up um, in our church. Um, I, I guess I don't know if that if the question is surfacing a little bit, but it's like I'm struggling with where my boundaries are, um, just because I see the impact it's had in my life. Yes. And, well, and yeah. 
Well, let me let me say a couple of things out of, out of the gate. Number one, moms have a real powerful role in their son's lives, so use that to encourage your son to make the right decision. Um, it sounds like he's old enough where he's going to make his own decisions, and it's one of the painful, you know, it's one of the painful parts of parenting when you watch your kids make decisions that are hurting them, uh, hurting themselves, or making decisions against the way they were raised. Uh, but don't minimize or underestimate the power that you have in his life, even if you don't see an immediate uh, change. Because co- in cooperation with his mom and the voice you have in his life, if he truly does have the Holy Spirit in him, then God's working him on the inside out and bringing him to a place like the prodigal son to the end of himself. And, you know, you're going to have to find the lo- fine line of, you know, pressing in and bothering or meddling in his life. And the other side of that is just being you know, a mom and saying, this is the way to go, son, and we love you and we, want, we don't want you to make a mistake and, um, and, and finding that fine line. But definitely don't, don't silence yourself uh, as you're loving your son because he needs to hear from you. Okay. I guess that's what I was needing some, I guess, some, some words in that direction because I just have not known what I can say and not say knowing, you know, we have already named it, you know, in the last few years, and, um, but it's hard, it's hard to be silent and think about how do I open my heart to this young woman who... Can you call tomorrow because we, the music... Yeah. Call call tomorrow. Let's finish this up. Okay. Thanks, Laura. Hey, Josh, thanks for being here. Glad to be here. And I'll Mm -hmm. talk to you tomorrow, Laura, and be here tonight, 7 o'clock, Bible study on forgiveness. The Lord's going to use it. See you here. Thanks for your time. Bye, guys, on Instagram Live. (laughs) No, yeah, you got it right, Instagram Live. See you later. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.